Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be picking away. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. It is Taz and the Moose with you here on this Friday morning on CBS Sports Radio. Hour one down, the kickoff hour number two. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. So we wrapped up hour number one, mixing a little WWE conversation into the mix following uh, the big announcement yesterday as... uh, as Paul Heyman and uh, Eric Bischoff have expanding roles on Raw and SmackDown, respectively, moving forward, Taz. And, uh, you know, threw a question out there to you in terms of, of Heyman having the role now as executive director, right? Yes, that's uh, With Raw. And he's still going to be, uh, you know, the kind of uh, the savant for uh, yeah. uh, for his main guy for moving forward here and, and still working as a manager. Um, you know, do, does that bother other wrestlers? I mean, it, it does bother them a, a little bit. I mean, it depends on the wrestler, but it does bother them a little bit because it's all about TV time. How much TV time can are you going to get? You know, that's a key. But the thing with Paul, um, and I could tell you, I mean, you know, he he is not. Um, he will not take advantage of that. He would rather give the TV time to a younger talent um, to then help Lesnar. develop. Yeah, he well, then himself. Oh, okay. Not then Lesnar. You know, then himself. That's what I'm saying. So. I, I I could picture Vince getting in the middle and say, no, 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 you need to go do this promo with Paul. You need to, I mean, with, with Brock, and you need to take an extra two minutes in this promo. Don't don't just don't just cut it short. So and and I could see Paul saying, no, 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 but I want to, you know, we have in the in the show, we have you know uh, more time carved out for ex wrestler and blah blah blah. We're trying to build a storyline instead of building me and Brock. You know, I could picture Paul doing that. He is, you know, he's good with that. Um, it can affect, and it can make some of the like some of the wrestlers. If I'm on Raw, I might say, "Okay, I respect Paul," because from what I understand, all of the current young talent do respect Paul. Um, they've worked closely with him for a long time. They look up to Paul. Paul's always a, even when Paul was younger, he was always a great voice, you know, uh, to lean on and give good advice. And he's very wrestler friendly. You know, he respects the talent, respects what the talent does in the ring, and I could see that even for young wrestlers on Raw, being this is cool. 
this is great that the executive director is Heyman because okay. we can lean on him. And if we want to go pitch a storyline that maybe we, should, we want to, I want to feud with you and I want to pitch this, Paul's going to be more accepting than maybe another writer and the other writer will be more afraid of dealing with Vince. Like, well, I don't know if Vince... That, that's the thing in WWE. Gotcha. See, you hear this. Well, that's a Vince call. Well, no, I don't know because of Vince. Oh, I don't know because... Of, Paul's not like that. I've witnessed Paul when I was a commentator there in a high writing role that Paul was. He wasn't like, well, I got to check with Vince. He would take chances like, and get yelled at sometimes by Vince. Gotcha. And Bischoff's the same way. These guys are type A personalities. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I think the wrestlers will appreciate that, that they're dealing with writers that... If they believe in those wrestlers, that these two men individually, Paul on Raw, uh, Eric on SmackDown, will stand up for their talent. Um, well, no, that well, I, and that's great, and that's great to hear. Um, why wouldn't a guy like why wouldn't Triple H get a more of expanded role because of his because of his role with NXT? I, I, I strongly assume yes, because he Triple H, you know, he's more than qualified to do these roles, but Triple H oversees and runs everything NXT, as you know. So that's Triple H's deal. That's his baby, as the cliche goes, and and he does a great job with it. Um, I, I could see Vince not wanting to have Triple H wear too many hats so he can focus on NXT. You know what I mean? Right. Because the or, NXT brand is very important. Well, I, and, and that's fair. I was kind of thinking about why wouldn't he then have then – then you mentioned it. Well, I guess I'm answering my own question. Or you already answered it. I guess my whole th- my, the thing I was thinking about at the time was the job that he's done at the NXT, right? And those and the fans love it, and the crowds are great, and people get into it, and the chants are amazing, and people love the fight, you know, love the matches yeah. and everything like that. Why wouldn't they, then they take that and maybe bring somebody else along to ro- take off some of the pressure or some of the. Um, some of the stuff that Triple H has to do, uh, responsibilities with NXT, and give him more of an expanded role with Raw or SmackDown. Because, uh, and it's a great question, but I think I think the reason why that won't happen and why I don't see that happen is because Triple H, from day one, from the birth of NXT, that was his vision. Okay, so he, he doesn't want to give it up. Yeah, he don't want to give it up. I, I right, even Basically, even with an expa- even answer, with a yeah. more of an expanded role with with Raw and he, SmackDown, he, he wouldn't want to do he that. He don't right. care. The other thing I was <laughs> yeah. thinking about was this when it when it happened um, when I heard the announcement. Taz was, I mean, certainly you look at the vision of Heyman, you look at the vision of of, of Bischoff, and and he answered the questions in terms of you know Vince McMahon now. You know, does this go? You mentioned AEW. Does it also go hand in hand with the XFL getting going in 2020 as well? Absolutely. And Vince certainly, that being his baby, him that wanting to be a success, go around number two with the XFL. Uh, they've done all these announcements of GMs and coaches, and have spread them out of all these cities that are going to be represented. And uh, you know, they even had tryouts. What was that? About two and a half weeks ago, yeah, yep, yep. where they had XFL tryouts. So. You know, does this go now hand in hand with not only the the competition, new competition in AEW, but also with Vince's other baby, the XFL, getting going in in a pretty short amount of time in in twenty twenty? Right. Yeah, no, I I do. You're right, and I do think that's a big part of it too, where Vince knows that these two guys can run these two respective shows individually. They're both, like I said, and I've treated it yesterday, they're both well-accomplished. They're both seasoned in running promotions or running shows, both of these guys, so Paul and Eric. So, But I will say this, even though XFL is going to take a plethora of Vince's time, but remember, Vince McMahon also said 
he basically will not be in the public's eye with the XFL. You're not really going to no, see him. He's going to run the business I mean, he's behind. Run it. Absolutely. I mean, he's not going to be out there. No. He's not going to be out there at midfield like he, like was, he was out in Las Chicago, Vegas, 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 right. Vegas, right. Vegas Chicago, right. Yeah. Right. yeah, you're right. I think you're right. It was Vegas. Yeah. No, it was Vegas. Yeah, 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 it was Vegas because I remember reading the SI story yeah, about it, it. Vegas. And, yeah, yeah. and Peter King being up there with Ebersol at the yeah. top of that Vegas stadium. It's thinking the that, XFL. Right. Welcome to the XFL. Right. And all that. Right. So it's going to happen again. No, I don't think that's going to happen again. So he's not going to be in the forefront of that, but I mean, there is a lot I mean, of stuff going on with. Well, that. he's got. Sure. I mean, you want to talk about skin in the game? Yeah. I mean, not only skin, but a lot of a lot of money uh, in the game. I mean, he has spent a lot of money and has taken a lot of his fortune to try and get this league up and running and trying, as he said, to do it right yeah. and do it, you know, and learn from his mistakes in the past and learn from the failures in the past and make the XFL successful. So, with all that task comes. I mean, you can only do so much. I mean, there's only 24 hours in a day. Right. And I know, you know, Vince is, you know, he he's a human being just like everybody yeah, else. Yeah, he is. I mean, they're they're and he and he's not he's not 25 years of age no, he's either. Not, no. So, and I'm not trying to get into ageism here, but there does come a point in time where you can't be everywhere every time. If you he could, he would. I, I'm you not know, saying but, he but, wouldn't, but, but my yeah. point being is you can't. No, you can't. And he's I don't know. Vince is probably what 72 years, 73 years old, somewhere in the early 70s. Uh, he keeps himself in great shape, but still, to your point, no, you, you can't. And he knows that. Um, I could see him trying his best. He does have a couple of his private planes. He's as wealthy as, you know, you would think. Yeah. And, but the guy don't watch TV. He don't. He's so focused on his business seven days a week. 20, it's his life, you know. You don't become that successful by it. That's a nine-to-five gig. But anyway, even though I do think that's a big part of it, what you're saying, that Paul has this position now and Eric has this position that he got hired for, I just don't envision Vince McMahon allowing anyone, including those two guys, running the shop all the time while he's gone. Like my point is, I, I, any time Vince can get to those wrestling shows, he's going to get to those shows okay. on Monday and Tuesday, and it's a big deal going on, as you know, where SmackDown in the fall is going to be heading to Fox. It's a massive deal, and the marriage with Fox and WWE is is already going great, and and before it even rolls. But from what I understand. And that's it's a, it's a huge deal. So, you know, Eric, I believe Eric Bischoff is going to be dealing with Fox with his history in TV. So, um, him and remember Jason Hervey, remember Jason from the Wonder Years, the, the child. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jason Hervey and Eric Bischoff, they owned a production company together for quite a few years called uh, Bischoff Hervey or Hervey Bischoff. Uh, Bischoff. I don't remember whose name was first. Regardless, they, he's got a lot of experience in TV. Eric does. Okay. So, I believe he's dealing directly. Uh, he's going to be dealing with Fox. For the most part, you heard the same thing, right, Peter? So I'm sure. I'm not, I'm, I think I'm pretty sure yeah, this all happened like yesterday. Yeah, they're gonna be handling gotcha. a lot of the TV end of things with Fox with the SmackDown show. So, I, so I, I get, I, but I, you're, you're you're on point about Vince with the XFL. Well, I guess you, the, yeah, yeah. No, I, I guess then then for the wrestling fantasies because they read this news and they say, all right, well, there's going to be you know great changes. Is there going to be great change? Because for, I, I mean, well, then, because that's ultimately, I mean, we're talking about names and guys getting out of their opportunities and certainly the expansion of SmackDown, Fox, and the relationship, and we know how popular wrestling is across the country, Taz, and, and, and you know it better than anybody, but for the wrestling fan, when you, when you drill down on it, right, and you, and you want to know, well, how does this impact them well, as an audience? I mean, because uh, that's ultimately uh, what they care about. The guy that's in Kansas and California and Texas and Ohio that – that is is dedicating time, money, effort, their personal time, and watching wrestling. 
how does Heyman and Bischoff being put in these positions affect them as a viewer? Because that's really ultimately they want to think, okay, this is going to be a positive thing, is it? Uh, I short answer, and this is not the, the the common answer. I think it's going to be for the better. Okay, and a lot of people are being pessimistic about it because of the history of that Vince does micromanage. Vince is a control guy. I can tell you that from a broadcasting position, working for him for just about a decade, he is. But I understand as I'm a little bit older now why he's like that, and I understand why he's always been like that because of all the millions that he puts into the company and his his world, you know? Now, this is why I'm saying I think it will be good. The XFL uh, component and the AEW component. WWE will never admit it. You'll never hear them say it. They'll never say it. And I'm telling you how I feel, my opinion – that is motivating Vince right now to do some different things. And he knows that if he lets the reins off of guys like Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, no matter how old they are, they're both guys. They, Paul's in his early 50s, and he's probably 50 or 51, and, and Eric's probably, I don't know, 56 years old, something like that. They're both on top of the industry. They both Their, their minds work very quick. Uh, like I said, I've worked with both these guys for a lot of years. These guys are sharp as tack, and they're... <laughs> they can be, how do I word this? They can both be very, they're both ultra combative and competitive. Okay. So if Vince lets the reins off these guys and it's about the AEW thing, that and Vince lets them do their thing individually on these shows, AEW will be in trouble. Because okay. as far as I'm telling you, like, the thing is, I remember when AEW did their pay per view in Las Vegas called Double or Nothing and Cody Rhodes. Took a sledgehammer, that's Triple H's thing, the sledgehammer, and he took. Uh, there was a, they had like a mock uh, king's, what, like a chair, like a, what you, a throne. Right. That's what Triple H would come out. So you've seen, you know, sometimes yeah, yeah. in his entrance, you know, some theatrics, and it was a signal, like basically to Triple H, like, hey, f you. He takes the sledgehammer and destroys. The place goes crazy in Las Vegas. Once that happened, I'm not going to say who I text. I text someone in WWE, and I said. If you guys don't realize that's a direct shot and this one person needs to be involved heavily creatively, you guys are crazy. One of those guys is involved creatively. My point is that what happened on that AEW show I really think was a huge deal and very insulting, I think, to WWE and to Vince. Gotcha. And and Triple H. Now, in defense to AEW, Triple H, <laughs> he threw the first shot. Which was weird at the at the Hall of Fame uh, when uh, DX went to the Hall of Fame this past year. Right, DX was taking shots at AEW, which I was surprised to even acknowledge them. That's not the WWE way; they don't acknowledge when you're one, you don't acknowledge two. And for now, no matter what anybody says, WWE is one. But WWE's ratings have been down, houses have been down. They need to do something, and this is what they're doing. So, Moose, the, the, the short answer is yes. I do think it can be really good. If Vince does the unthinkable, which he never does, give these two men full power to do their thing. It's right. going to be hard for Vince to do that. But that but right, but that's a monumental if. It, it's a gigantic if. So, it is. Right, but, so for the wrestling fan, then, if that's a monumental if, and the news comes out yesterday, just connecting the dots, right? And the news comes out yesterday that Bischoff and Heyman are given these roles. If they're given the roles, and certainly they're – men of influence and, you know, the experience and all that. But ultimately, if everything still has to be checkmarked and okay by Vince McMahon, does anything – does 
does a whole hell of a lot really change? I do think it does because it still does. Well, I, I do because even if Vince, even if Vince is, well, why, even if hold it's on. Still... Why is there this narrative? Not, not just from what you're saying. I've seen it online like crazy. I'll defend WWE now. I'll defend Vince. Like, why is there always this? And I'm not taking your stuff out of context. What you just said, but because what you're saying, a lot of fans say. Like, why is there always this narrative that everything Vince McMahon done creatively sucked? Well, look well, at I, what's going on. Like, the, how successful this company is. I know well, you didn't say that, I, I didn't, but, but I, yeah, th- no, that's I, the overview narrative no, no, a lot. I, I, but oh, my yes. God, if Vince has the final say, then this is going to, you know. that. Why is that a bad thing? You know well, what I mean? I'm, uh, no, I'm Rhetorically, not, I'm asking. No, no, and, and I get that, Taz. I, uh, my whole thing would be that people have complained about Raw for about 18 months. Right, but they still watch. I, I understand, but right. they but they don't. It, it's not nearly what it once was. It, right, and I'm not telling. I'm I'm not going to go. You know, the ratings are the ratings, and and there's still that base of, of wrestling fans that are going to tune in. Taz, but the product of Raw that you know we've talked about on the air, people on social media have talked about. I've talked about like I've had conversations with my friends that. Let's say the raw product has been terrible. They, they're not finding it enjoyable. Right, right. They're, they're not finding an enjoyable watch. And I guess my whole thing is, okay, so the wrestling fan, Taz, I, I, maybe, and I don't want to put words or, or speak for every wrestling fan that's complained about the move, and I'm excited about the move, right? right? But I'm excited about the move if that monumental if becomes a yes. Right. If Bischoff and right. Heyman, because if it doesn't, Taz, then – Yes, I mean, Paul Heyman and Bischoff could have a vision, but if that's not Vince, Vince's vision, or if that's not the way that he looks at it, it's just going to be more of the same, then nothing really ever, nothing really changes. I understand that, and you're right. And that's right. where the wrestling fan probably questions I, I, it. No. I think so, yes. But the thing is, a couple things. The thing is, no, knowing both these men, I pretty, I'm pretty sure they both, in private meetings with Vince McMahon, said, look it, you want us in this role, individual meetings, I can see both Paul and Eric saying this. Well, then you got to, you know, we got to have some some juice here. We got to have some that's power. Fair. Here. So they're not taking this job. They're not being. This is not being announced without them. And that's a fair point. Right. That's a good one that's, because yeah. they're not taking these jobs without basically giving a, a little bit of leeway about control. Absolutely. Because okay, again, like fair. I said at the top of this here, they are writing the show. They have teams of writers under them. They are structuring the show. Um, who wins and loses the matches? Okay, they write and decide, but the true decision on the okay on that is going to come from Vince. Okay. That, that, that's a fact. Will they be able to bring in their own guys? Say if Bischoff knows a guy that's not writing now that he wants to bring in, are I they going to so. be able to bring in their own guys? I, I'm, I didn't hear and that, gals. but no, I, I definitely think either, you know, right, I think that any person that one of those guys want to bring in to help write, I, I would be shocked if Vince would, unless it's someone that has got an issue, that Vince has an issue with. Right. Maybe we had a hot take on a podcast and ripped them or went on YouTube and ripped them or something. Then I could see Vince say, no, this person was completely disrespectful to us and uh, gotcha. I don't want to uh, pay him. Outside you know, of that, right, outside right. of that, they'll allow him. You right, think- and I just want to say one thing, too. Like, you, you're right, and anybody talked, you know, for several months, you know, Raw hasn't been great as an overview. And, and for a lot of the non-wrestling fans that listen to us that just, you know, talk, you know, they want to hear us talk sports, I want to let you know, like, and I know you know this, but the thing is, WWE, like Raw and SmackDown, it's there on TV every week. There is no off-season. So one of the most ambitious things to do is write, they write TV, fresh TV, every week. About 50 weeks out of the year, 51 weeks out of the year. That, and they do it twice a week. (laughs) So that's live TV, live Raw, live SmackDown, you know, 
I, and I'm making excuses for them because I, I think that gets lost in the in the shuffle a little bit. Fans are expecting it always to be great. It's there all the time. It's, there's no there's no time for people to have absence where the heart grows fonder. There's none of that. It's there every week, every week, every week, every week. So they're on. They're judged every week. That's fair. It's tough for it to be no, good I, all the time. Listen, you know? I, I get it's a hard. It just been raw has been trending down for a little while. A little bit, yeah, it has been. I, mean, I, that, I, that, I, I'm, I'm not, not disagreeing with that. I'm not yeah. saying that their job is easy. It's a hard uh, job. I, I'm not is. saying it's not, but it's been. It's not been like a tour. It's you know, a month or six week or eight week deal. You know, we've talked a lot of, you know, we've talked about Raw on the air and off the air uh, right, about right. the product and, and fans not being happy with it. Yeah. No, so, right. I mean, that's, that's right. all. I mean, and, and, and listen, we'll see. Hopefully it does have, it's great. I mean, <laughs> listen, change is good. Right. Especially well, when you, especially when you feel like maybe, uh, you know, you, you need to, you know, freshen th- some things up a little bit and you, you know, the WWE brings in guys with uh, an amazing amount of experience and two well-known personalities as well in Bischoff and Paul Heyman. Um, and we'll see the impact here on Raw and SmackDown, respectively, uh, moving forward. And the interesting thing is going to see is how much TV time, if any, which I'd be shocked if there's none, will Eric have on SmackDown, will, Raw, will, will Paul have on Raw. That's what I'm a little concerned about. I just hope that... I, it, it's got to be about the current young talent. Gotcha. But it's tough because Eric's a star. People remember yeah. him. Paul's he didn't a go star. back to dyeing his hair, did he? Changed a little time. I saw him in Las Vegas and his hair kind of, he kind of had a salt pepper look thing going on. There, oh, he if did. I remember. Because it was jet I, white for a while. Yeah, he has the jet white thing. And I think his hair is like more natural. Uh, yeah, salt and pepper? It's, yeah, it's, it was like a salt pepper. I mean, I didn't stare at his dew. But uh, no, I did but that see is, him. Uh, it was, but it was jet black in the WCW. Yeah, it and was. Then, he was and younger, though, too. But he must I have understand, been dying, but I he was dying. Yeah, I mean, at that been. stage. I mean, yeah, no. So yeah, it's, I mean, it'll it be big. interesting to see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's fascinating. It'll be interesting to see the impact on that. I'm sure wrestling, I mean, it generated a lot of buzz headlines. You mentioned trending on Twitter they were, and yeah. on social media. And the WWE grabbing headlines yesterday. It'll be interesting to see uh, on those two entities, SmackDown and Raw, the impact here moving forward. 855-212-4CBS. We'll get into a little college football. Dennis Dodd is going to join us next. We'll talk about everything going out in California. Uh, Never too early to talk a little college football either. uh, As he'll join us next. Taz and Moose on this Friday morning. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. WWE superstar, the man, Becky Lynch, and you're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, we're going to get to Dennis Dodd here, National College Football Writer for CBSSports.com momentarily. Uh, Bogus is in uh, for an update. What's up, Andrew? Guys, it's all sponsored by Wrangler Outdoor Pants and Shirts made with durable fabrics, moisture management, and UPF 30 protection. Wrangler Outdoor Clothing with Outdoor Credibility. And everyday versatility. Try them on today. It appears the Lakers have fixed their rather idiotic mistake, failing to leave themselves enough cap space to complete the Anthony Davis trade and sign a big free agent this summer. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Davis has reportedly waived his $4 million trade kicker, and the Lakers have reportedly agreed, or have added, I should say, the Wizards to their deal with the Pelicans. Washington gets three young players, including Mo Wagner, and a future second-rounder while sending cash to New Orleans. And now the Lakers apparently able to sign Kawhi or Kyrie or Kemba or someone whose name doesn't actually start 
with a K. MLB All-Star starters revealed last night after a second round of fan voting. The Astros lead the way with three. Third baseman Jason Bregman and outfielders George Springer and Michael Brantley. Maybe his name is Alex Bregman. Uh, the Cubs and Braves have each to two in the over in the NL. Catcher Wilson Contreras and shortstop Javier Baez. First baseman Freddie Freeman and center fielder Ronald Acuna Jr. The rest of the roster set on Sunday. Guys, all right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it. Let's welcome aboard right now Dennis Dodd, National College Football Writer for CBSSports.com. Dennis, uh, you know, summer is uh, starting to click away now uh, as we're inching closer and closer to the start of the football season. Always great to chat with you. Appreciate the time this morning. What's up, Dennis? Yeah, you too. Thanks, guys. We're uh, suddenly we're getting close, aren't we? Yeah, yeah we really great. are. <laughs> you know, and, and and Dennis, let's start here. Uh, you know, before we get kind of a general overall look at the college football landscape. You know, Taz and I were talking about the big news coming out of California. Now it's a bill. It hasn't been signed into law. But, uh, you know, the, the news coming out of Cali uh, about potentially athletes, Division One athletes being able to profit off of their name and likeness. Yeah, I, I think it's actually a sign of the times. I think this is going to happen. The fact that earlier this year the NCAA actually – Started a working group to look at that. I think it was one of the biggest, some of the biggest news of the year. Because if you think about it, guys, for years they just said no, you know, no autographs, no anything. And I think they see the realization, whether it be pressure from the courts or just eye-opening, that that this is going to happen. Uh, whether you believe athletes deserve to be compensated more or not, I think they certainly deserve to have their birthright, and that's ownership of, the, of their name, image, and likeness. That doesn't necessarily mean everybody's going to get a windfall, but it does, it does mean, for example, these guys, you know, hopefully could get together, form a licensing agreement with somebody, put money in escrow for when they graduated. You know, that's not a recruiting inducement. That's not paying players. That gets around Title IX. And I think it could happen. People are trying to make this more complicated than it seems. Yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, Dennis, it's, it's pretty evident, right? You know, like the NCAA, they, they you know, they're not, they can't be happy about this. They don't want this. I mean, I, I've talked a lot about here with, with Moose and I, you know, about like my yeah. son's, my son, you know, for two years, right? College athlete, Division One athlete. And I remember when he was getting recruited, man. There was so many rules and so many hoops to jump through. Can't talk to a coach now. Can't talk then. Got to wait to exist. That the stuff that happens when kids are getting recruited, and then once you are a student, and uh, you know a lot of these kids that are Division One athletes, no matter what sport, that are living off campus once they're upperclassmen, a lot of them are living almost in I don't want to say in poverty, but they're not. They got to pay for everything, and they're 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 they're, they're doing all the same amount of academics that that regular students doing, and they have this. Big responsibility where, as you know, Dennis, college football players at a D1 level or basketball players, they're generating a plethora of money for these schools, and yet the, the person running the concession stands making more money than the starting quarterback. Yeah, that, that's really what this comes down to, and I've said this for years, that no matter what you think about this issue, the pot of unregulated money in college athletics, and, and I call it unregulated because the players don't get any, became so big that eventually the lawyers were going to come sniffing around. And that's why you see some of these big court cases um, that, that seek to compensate players. And I, I think it's fair. I don't think they need to become rich. But I, I did a story a few years ago with Josh Rosen when he was with UCLA. 
and he told me that even with all the money these kids are receiving from uh, from cost of attendance, there were still teammates sleeping on the facility floor uh, because exactly. they couldn't make rent that much. I also talked to an LSU player existing this year, this summer, who says he makes $12,000 a year between his his scholarship check, his cost of attendance, and other things, he's able to save money and put money away, but still believes players, you know, aren't getting enough. And I, I see that both ways because when, look, when you're a McKenzie Milton and you come out of an operating table, we're talking about the quarterback at Central Florida, and the first thing the doctor says is, we saved his leg. Uh, they don't tell you that on the scholarship papers. Right, right. No, they, you're right. No, they, they certainly don't. But Dennis, now, now let me. Add, you know, the NCAA certainly. You know, they don't want to see this become law, right? They've threatened it in terms of, uh, you know, keeping you know the California schools out of competing for uh, yeah. Division One championships. I mean, you know, California potentially here being the first state in. You know, how many state? You know, how quickly do you think the other states do follow? There's a similar bill, very similar in North Carolina. Um, I think what you're referring to is Mark Emmert this week came out and rattled sabers and said, well, if right. this happens in California, yeah, right. the, these players you know, may be declared ineligible. I thought Sally Jenkins of the Washington Post wrote a, a great column this week, and she basically called BS on that. Let's see if the NCAA does when they shut down the Rose Bowl, because that's what we're talking about. Uh, all those players wouldn't be eligible to play in the Rose Bowl. You think that's going to happen? No, that's no way. No, no, no. So some, <laughs> something is going to have to be worked out, and whether it's California or North Carolina or nationally, I think there's going to be a road here. But look again, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying pay the player, write them a check every week. I'm saying give them the same rights that we all have, that we can go out and make money off our likeness. You know, whether it's autographs. And there's a way to control it, right. um, whether it's a licensing agreement where they share jersey sales. Uh, nobody's going to get rich off this thing. I, I, it's become, to me, more the idea of just let, letting them have ownership of it than any money they right. Well, but having, uh, I'm sorry, okay, Tyson, having, having a little bit more freedom here, and it, it, you know, you mentioned with the, Dennis with the, the question from my partner Taz, is this is, is adjusting to the times. I mean, you know, Emmert and the NCAA can't continue to keep their head in the sand and think it's, you know, 1982. I mean, it, it's 2019. Every, things are changing, and they've got to adjust and adapt and understand what, how, what defines the college athlete in 2019 is different than what defined the college athlete in 1970. Here, here's the most embarrassing thing, because part of this is they could adopt the, the Olympic model. In about 1988, if you remember, they had the same – amateur guidelines and they adopted the amateur model they allowed these players these athletes to make commercials you know the the gymnasts who everybody loves and likes ratings are high nobody loves them any less because they're making united commercials um you know that's that's part of what this could be to the point that i think this is one of the most embarrassing and egregious things in ncaa history katie ledecky this nation's best swimmer um you know maybe ever at least as a female was forced to give up college swimming because she wanted she wanted to do some or she was approached about doing some uh, some advertising. I think that was it. Unbelievable. And she she said no. I you know, she's staying at Stanford, but can't compete as an amateur in the NCAA because of this. I thought that was ridiculous. Uh, it is ridiculous. Awful. And you listen to CBS Sports Radio. This is Taz and the Moose. You listen to and our special guest is Dennis Dodd. 
uh, national college football writer for CBSSports.com. Dennis, like, you know, so you mentioned Emirat. Like, so you think these are like as far as far as towards California with the banning? So do you kind of feel like they're empty threats by Emirat? I think I think they're threats. I don't know if they're empty or not. Like I said, I, I think this thing will be resolved before. Look, the biggest state or second biggest state in the country, the NCAA says, it's one thing to say you can't have championships there. Great, fine, you know, whatever. It's another thing to, to render players ineligible. And I, I think it'll get worked out, and I think that's why they have this working group. This working group has been told not to utter a word about it because I don't think they know what they can do. But I, I do think there's a, a somewhat simple fix. It came in the O'Bannon case and was thrown out on appeal. Uh, in the case of jo- uh, Judge Claudia Wilkins, she said, you know, these players can earn up to no less than, by the way, uh, $5,000 per year, which would be $20,000 put in escrow upon graduation. They could gather that. I think you could do the same. Johnny Manziel signs autographs. You let these guys strike marketing deals. There's a big group out there called CLC, Collegiate Licensing Group, that, that owns the space, jerseys, everything. Let the players have 10%, 1%. I don't care. Let them negotiate a a license for the cover of EA Sports Football. Gosh, do we all miss that? Oh, God. Yeah. I was just talking and, to my you know, son about that. I miss yeah. it, too. It was awesome. You can't, you can't get it. You know, it's funny. You mentioned in jerseys, right? I, I got to tell you, Dennis, I don't know if I ever told you this move. So, like, I remember, like, when my son was a, was getting recruited, and he was we went to all these different schools, you know, from Penn State, Ohio State, all these mm-hmm. different Ivy League schools. Every bookstore you went in, Every bookstore off campus or on Main Street, you know, like most schools have, there are football and basketball jerseys with the star player of said school, his jersey number on it, but not the name. So they're making right. money. You, you go, get where I'm going. They're making oh, money yeah. off these kids, and these kids aren't seeing a dime. Yeah, and they're, the argument and I put forth by the likes of Jim Delaney, the, the outgoing Big Ten president, is the, the worth of that jersey is what that school put into that, you know, over its whatever 150-year history, not the number on that jersey. Now, we, can all, we can all laugh at that, yeah. and we will. I don't know. But there's a significant amount of people who believe that's the case. This is the same Jim Delaney, and I love him to death, who is collecting a $20 million bonus wow. on his way out the door at the Big Ten. Wow. That's a, that's a nice bonus to get, right? The history of the school, not not the kid's work ethic or that kid's right. ability. Uh, Give me a break. That's uh, hogwash. Uh, we're talking to Dennis right. Dodd, National College Football Writer for CBSSports.com. Uh, so, so, in essence, Dennis, before we transition on the field, uh, you know, and get a little bit of a feel, you know, here in June about what we should expect late August, September when college football gets going, um, you know, you think this is you think this is going to become a law in California, um, and that uh, you know there will be adjustments here made made by the NCAA, correct? Well, I think I think the representative who I thought I read this this week, the representative who sponsored this bill, is willing to stand down at the moment and see what the NCAA develops. Some of the stuff I just talked about with sure. that working group. So it's not it's not DEFCON five right now. Gotcha. Um, there's talking on both sides. When you look at the landscape of college football right now, Dennis, um, you know, are, are we, you know, are we back to where you know to where we ended a year ago, where it's Alabama and Clemson at the top? Yeah, yes, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to try to steer around that auto accident. No, no, it, it is what it is. They've separated themselves. I think the number one storyline 
of the season is was was that Clemson four touchdown beatdown of of Alabama the worst of Nick Saban's Alabama career? Is that a trend or or does Alabama rebound? But certainly these two teams have separated themselves from everybody else. You, you just saw this week, I think it was this week, that Georgia, who you know maybe be that third team, their leading returning receiver was thrown off the team for some aggravated assault uh, mm. allegation. Wow. Their best receiver, guys, hasn't caught 200 yards in passes. I mean, they're, they're really thin at receiver. Uh, Clemson has cornered the market on recruiting. Alabama as well. Right. They've got the two best Heisman candidates at quarterback. I certainly think these teams will be in the playoff and meet again at the end. Yeah, and, and you know, speaking of quarterbacks, you're, you're, you know, with Alabama, obviously Tua Tagovailoa, and and but I got to say, the Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm, he's yeah. legit. I mean, I mean, if you talk of war, I mean, what, what quarterback would you go with, the Georgia kid or, or, or Tua from Alabama? Well, I, I think Jake Fromm certainly is operating in the shadow of Trevor Lawrence and Tua. Right, with Clemson, I think yeah. he's a kid who has a chance. Look, he went 30-6 and six last year, I believe. I think yeah. it was 31-6. He's a kid that I fully expect to complete 70% of his passes this year and, you know, obviously become a draft pick. He had numbers as a freshman two years ago that if we weren't talking about Trevor Lawrence right now, you know, would certainly be, boy, this guy can play right now, and obviously right. he can, but it's a giant shadow over Jake Fromm. Oh. Don't tell anybody that in Georgia. But those, those two <laughs> guys Trevor Lawrence, have yeah. a giant shadow over everybody else. Yeah. You know, what uh, about out in uh, out in uh, Buckeye Land? What about Ohio State here? Uh, you know, first year under new head coach Ryan Day. This is fascinating. I, I think Ohio State will be favored, but they're going in with a rookie head coach, Ryan Day. You mentioned forty years old, who came from re- really nowhere. Uh, a favored quarterback coached by Chip Kelly in the NFL. Uh, he coached him at New Hampshire. And now, in times of trouble, last August, he's elevated right away to interim coach when there were, I guess, about three guys on that staff who had more experience, more head coaching experience, and took it from there. The team prospered in those three games. Urban Meyer was suspended under Ryan Day. He goes out and gets Justin Fields off, you know, again, the waiver wire and the transfer portal. Thing. Um, and, and they look like they're just going to keep percolating along. But I, I think, you know, again, the biggest game of the year for them is Michigan uh, because Michigan suffered its worst loss ever to Ohio State. Right. Jim Harbaugh's under all kinds of pressure. And if Michigan doesn't break through this year, you know, the feeling is when is he going to break through well, as a I rookie mean, head coach? Right. And but the thing with, with Harbaugh, I mean, I mean, are you surprised, Dennis, that he hasn't just had – there was, as you know – you know, and, and Moose knows, we, we all know, there was so much hype on Harbaugh, you know, going yeah. back to his alma mater. I mean, are you surprised, like, how it's kind of like, eh, you know? Yeah, it, it, but you can't, it, it's, it's complicated. It's not, a, it's not a very simple, you know, conversation right. because he's won at least 10, three out of four years, but he has never so much in his college career even won a division, never mind a conference championship. And he's two and seven at, at Michigan against their biggest rivals, Notre Dame, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. Uh, that hasn't sit well. We know that. They right. got wiped out last year. He's a heck of a coach. Apparently the you know, again, the, the offense is going to open up. Shea Patterson, he's got his quarterback. Uh the the defense is supposedly good, but they lose God, how many guys on the on the defensive line, Chase Winovich, Rashawn Gary, guys on that defense in the NFL. Legit guys, yeah. 
they've they've, they've got sixty points put up on it by Ohio State. Yeah, so I yeah. juicy, juicy storylines. Let's say that. Yeah, it's certainly, <laughs> Dennis. You know, we, we know the Big Four, right? You know, you think we just talked about Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, mm-hmm. Alabama. I mean, the four kind of constants that have been in that conversation in terms of pursuit of a national championship the last handful of years. If I go outside that top four this year, is there a team that you know is still obviously a you know a, a power five conference team? Is is there a team that you think has an opportunity this year uh, to to crack and and break up that big four going into this college football season? I think Texas, and look, I'm not ever calling Texas a dark horse, but. They did beat Oklahoma last year. They physically dominated Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. And if they, so they, they know they can beat Oklahoma. If they do in the Big 12 and cause that rematch, you know, win that game, they can get to the playoffs. Um, you know, in Tom Berman's second year, he won 10. I think things are getting in place. It, it makes them stronger. It makes the Big 12 stronger. They've got a Heisman-worthy quarterback in Sam Ellinger, and they got an edge to them. Um, they just have to run the ball, I think, a little bit stronger. But I would say Texas could break through, mostly because it's very talented. It has access to the playoffs because it can beat Oklahoma not once, but twice. How do you leave them out? Hey, Dennis, a great job this morning. Yes, we sir. really appreciate it. And, um, and uh, have yourself a great weekend, and we'll chat again real soon. Thanks a lot, Dennis. All right, guys. Thanks so much. See you, you got it. Dennis Dodd, a national college football writer he's from CBSports.com. Yeah. yeah, he's fantastic. Ah, it's refreshing to talk a little college football. Gee whiz. Well, yeah. Any NBA talk coming up in the rest of the show? I'm of sure. Of course. It has NBA free agency. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 6 o'clock Eastern time. Sunday night, I'll be locked in, get the no, popcorn so ready. I. So I was no, just, I know it was you nice will. To talk I understand. I know. I know. I get it. I felt like um, We'll get into... Uh, <laughs> Better go another segment. There. Yeah, it's Taz of the Moose. Dennis was like, uh, I, I would have kept him on hold. <laughs> know, it's right? Taz of the Moose, CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news, quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico, go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. And uh, make sure to check out this weekend two huge matchups. Highlight a second week of Big 3 action along with full coverage of the PGA Tour at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Motown. It all happens this weekend only on CBS. And as we talked a lot of yesterday, Taz, a oh, little bit, on the future of Kemba Walker, the former uh, UConn star and member of the Charlotte Hornets who gets set to hit free agency uh, coming your way uh, Sunday night at uh, 6 o'clock Eastern. Um, you know, Dallas... Being a team that uh, could be in the mix, maybe the Knicks could be in the mix as well. Right, uh, he's a Bronx guy. Uh, reports came out from Woj and Company yesterday that the uh, Boston Celtics have looked at Kemba Walker mm. as being their ultimate target here in NBA free agency. As Kyrie Irving looks to be appears to be getting set to to potentially be signing here uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, which would be in and the report out of Boston was you know good guy, good teammate. Uh, you know, you know kind of, and I, kind of a, I don't know if a, a disparaging knock on on Kyrie Irving, but certainly a little, you know, ultimate team guy looking to win. 
Um, we'll see if Kemba Walker ends up being a Boston Celtic. I'll tell you, it would be a great addition for Danny Ainge. If you're Absolutely. able to add Kemba Walker <clears throat> as Kyrie Irving goes out the door, they're different players, but Walker's a hell of a player. He is, and i I got to tell you, I, I personally think it's a, a perfect fit. I mean, you just mentioned, uh, and we've talked about this, you know, I, I think we were saying right, earlier this week or whatever, but I do think he's a perfect fit. To, when you brought up the other day to me and just said it again here about UConn, you know, that's a perfect fit there. He's a kid from the Bronx, like you're saying. You know, it's like, and... A suitable replacement for Kyrie uh, Kyrie Irving. I mean, you know, really. I mean, I just think it's it's kind of like pun intended a layup. I mean, he really is. I think he'd fit in perfect there. And I got to tell you, I really feel like this is going to happen. I think this is this 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 is going to go down. This is going to happen. I really do. I think I think Kemba will be a Celtic. No, yeah, no and, doubt. And I think it'd be uh, I think it'd be great for Boston. Um, you know, and um, it's not all that surprising. And when you look at what Walker has been as a teammate, the amazing thing with Charlotte is this is, you know, they've made it perfectly clear, you know, there's a, a certain amount that they'd be willing to pay Kemba, and that's not even close to what Kemba can make on the open market. So, and they can pay him the most money. That's the surprising aspect to me because you never want to see quality players leave the building. No, you don't. And Walker made it perfectly clear weeks ago that he'd be willing to take a little bit I less know. to remain in Charlotte. I remember we talked about that. Yeah. And, you know, and so, they are not going. No. Michael Jordan's basically made it perfectly clear he's only willing to go up to a certain number, and that number's not close to what Walker can make. If you're a fan of the Hornets and you hear that, that's got to piss you off. Yeah, it's a little disconcerting. You know? But if you're a Hornet fan, you're saying, well, am I going to pay Kevin Warren? It's not exactly like we won basketball games with him. Yeah, I guess that's another way to look at us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come back. we got the three for you. Taz Moose, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.